Traumatic brain injury is a growing public health concern globally, and its impact, particularly on long-term cognitive function, remains a source of debate. Helping to address this, uh, the JNMP has recently published a systematic review and meta-analysis on the impact of traumatic brain injury on neurocognitive outcomes in children. And I'm very pleased to welcome two of the authors of this uh, fantastic review, uh, Mark Goh from Duke NUS Medical School in Singapore and Shuling Chong from uh, KK Women and Children's Hospital in Singapore and also Duke NUS Medical School uh, join me now. So a very warm welcome to you both. Um, Mark, I might start with you. Tell us a little bit about our, the current knowledge on TBI in children and why you chose to conduct this systemic review. Thank you, Colin, for the kind introduction. So traumatic brain injury affects 3 million children annually. Among children who suffer from major trauma, traumatic injuries to the brain account for a large proportion of death and permanent neurocognitive deficits. In the 2018 report to Congress by the CDC, it was reported that there is a lack of consideration of TBI as a chronic disease in children and that there is poor understanding of long-term outcomes in children. Being acute care physicians who tend to the immediate medical needs of the head injured child we set out wanting to understand the longer-term impact of traumatic brain injury on the neurocognition and learning trajectory of our young patients. During our literature search, we found that papers mostly focused on the acute outcomes of TBI, like death and intensive care resource utilization. Some studies described function using the functional status score, and even fewer studies looked specifically at neurocognition in depth. In our preliminary literature search, we found that papers tend to focus on a specific strata of TBI, for example, severe TBI, or only describe in individual cognitive domains or study fixed time points, for example, zero to three months. And we therefore set out to obtain a more holistic picture of neurocognition in TBI. We thought that a systematic review would be best able to combine existing literature and provide us with an updated perspective on the effects of TBI in neurocognition. So you've highlighted some of the um, issues with exist existing literature. Your review was very, very comprehensive. How did you choose which studies to include in the review? Um, indeed, what were the primary outcomes from the studies that you sought to identify? So we chose to include studies using the PICO format, where PICO stands for Population, Exposure, Comparator, and Outcome. For population, we define it as children 18 years or younger. For our exposure event, we define it as TBI classified by the GCS score as mild, moderate, or severe. And here we chose to include all severities of TBI, not only the severe ones, to give us a better understanding of the burden of trauma. For our comparator, we chose healthy children or single-system orthopedic injury patients. And we chose to include these two groups as they were commonly reported. When both groups were available, we preferentially selected the healthy group. And lastly, for our primary outcomes, we aim to study the impact of TBI on neurocognitive outcomes across all TBI severities, all six cognitive domains, classified by the DSM-5 as complex attention, executive function, language, learning and memory, perceptual motor function, and social cognition. And in the following time points, spanning the immediate post-injury within the 24-hour period, all the way up to two years post-injury. So can you talk us through um, some of the common outcome measures you identified that are used in, in these existing studies to assess the impact of uh, TBI, particularly in the pediatric population? We first decided on the six cognitive domains, and we found that within each domain, there were many outcome measures used. 
And we then chose to include the outcome measures that were used three or more times within each cognitive domain. For example, the Weschler Intelligence Scale for Children, or WISC for short, is commonly used as an IQ test. And this was the top outcome measure used for complex attention, executive function, language, and perceptual motor function. Other outcome measures like the California Verbal Learning Test and the Emotional and Emotive Faces Task were the top outcome measures for learning and memory and social cognition, respectively. We detailed the most commonly measures used in Table 1 of our paper. One challenge was computing data across different outcome measures, and we overcame that by computing the standardized mean differences to compare between the TBI and control groups among different scales. So this allowed us to meaningfully compare data across different subcategories or outcome measures. And among the many outcome measures that we identified, we realized that they were heterogeneous and not consistent with the recommendations by the Common Data Elements published in 2012. So uh, turning to you, Shuling, um, it's an enormous amount of work that you've gone through, I believe over 5,000 studies, nearly 6,000 studies. So um, you've got the task of trying to summarize the key findings from this meta-analysis across the cognitive domains Mark mentioned. And, and also, can you explain a little bit how TBI severity impacted on the results? Thank you, Colin. Among the six cognitive domains, we found that executive function and learning and memory were the most well-studied domains. They had data across all severities of TBI. And we had the following key findings. Now, intuitively, children with severe traumatic brain injuries would suffer the most severe cognitive deficits. But in our study, we found that even in mild traumatic brain injury, children showed deficits for up to 24 months in the domain of executive function. Challenging some reports that mild head injuries heal within days to weeks and have complete, complete resolution by three months post-injury. Mild and moderate traumatic brain injury showed improvement in deficits as time went by, but we found that in severe TBI, there were lasting deficits at each time point measured and affected all domains across all time points. Across all severities of TBI, children who were injured at a young age, and we define these as younger than five years old, were associated with poorer executive function scores. Now, just a quick caution on our findings. We were limited by the number of and the heterogeneity in the scales that we used to measure specific domains. And we did face challenges when combining data from different outcome measures for each cognitive domain. Well, not, notwithstanding those caveats, I think there is uh, important um, uh, takeaway points from this work. And perhaps, again, Shulung, I can get you to give us a summary of what, what you want listeners to take away based on, on the results with regards to uh, TBI and its impact in younger populations. Our key takeaway is that there is a severity, or what we call a dose, as well as a time-dependent relationship between TBI and neurocognitive outcomes. Severe TBI can cause long-term deficits across multiple cognitive domains, especially in younger children. So this would be our takeaway messages to acute care physicians. In the setting of mild TBI, perhaps for physicians in the ED or primary care, we should consider if and how these children can receive formal follow-up in standardized mild TBI protocols. This is missing in many parts of Asia, as we believe to be similar to other parts of the world, and can lead to injured children with mild deficits being missed or not receiving help with suboptimal school performance. Now, for children with severe traumatic brain injuries, because of the potentially long-term deficits caused to all domains, 
many of these children would benefit from multidisciplinary involvement and collaborative care early in the patient journey. Uh, to researchers and rehabilitation physicians who study and document neurocognitive outcomes. We found that current platforms that measure neurocognition across the various domains are many and very variable. Heterogeneity extends beyond research to affect even benchmarking exercises. Therefore, if we can align and use common platforms, these will facilitate common speak, not only for epidemiology studies, but also allow us to better measure the impact of future interventions. Well, I think that's a very key point. And I think as uh, practicing clinicians, we, we are becoming inundated, particularly with parents um, worried about their children, particularly with high impact sports and so, and so on. So I think this is an area which will continue to grow. Um, and I'm sure your research is going to add a substantial impact to this area. But I think um, we do need to, as you su suggest, have more standardized approaches given, given the variability your uh, systemic review has, has pointed out in outcome measures. So I would really recommend our listeners, this is a fantastic study, a very detailed study, um, and we've really just scratched the surface on the podcast. So I'd really uh, recommend to all of our listeners to go online to the JNMP website where they can download the study and, and read it in full detail. But uh, otherwise, I just want to thank my uh, contributors today, Mark Goh and Shuling Chong, uh, for this fantastic work and hope to catch you all on the next podcast very soon. Thanks and goodbye.